Welcome to Why Wonders Why, a companion podcast to smart enough to know better. This episode is titled Book Club Girls to the Front. Now, our book club series has had a lot of interest from the listeners, and thank you very much for getting in contact and chatting to us about it. But one thing that's come up by a number of listeners is, hey, all these books are great, and you and Natasha talk about all sorts of cool stuff, but where are all the women authors? And to begin with, I sat back and went, surely we've talked about some women authors. And the answer is no, not fully. We've mentioned them in in other books, but not actually reviewed any of their books. Whoops. This is how it happens, folks. So this is the podcast that we were trying to fix that up, talking about some female authors and some great books. Enjoy. It's 2023. We officially further into the future than we have ever been before. And that means it's time to look at science fiction stories. And as always, when I'm talking science fiction, I always have Dr. Natasha Hurley-Walker. Hello, Dr. Natasha. Hi, Greg. How are you? Good. Doing very well. How's the future treating you so far? Oh, ah, you know, 2023. I mean, it's it's so far better than 2022. It's a low bar, but, you know, it's great. Yeah, love the future. I think what I prefer, though, is futures that other people have imagined. So exactly. that's what I'm hoping to talk about today. <laughs> and well, the story, just a bit of sizzle. The story I'm going to bring forward is not actually the future. It's the past, but it's a different past than the past that we experienced. It's, it's, I wouldn't say it's a historical science fiction. Is well, is 2010s historical? Are we allowed to say the 2010s are historical? I think that's historical, historical now. Yeah, that's, yeah. Well, there you go. The, Fair enough. The, the early the, teens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was 2007. Uh, I'm, so it's a historical sci-fi. There you go. Mm. Uh, I like it. I like it. And the fact that I couldn't actually follow what you were talking about always tells me that that's going to be a good book. If the synopsis is confusing, oh, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> the synopsis we'll get onto that later on so um to those who don't know we like to just talk science fiction books and uh this time we are bringing three uh female authors uh, that we have discovered either favorites of ours or just ones we found or really just just books that is the theme that is what we're going with and uh let's get straight into it which one do you want to bring to book club today? Oh, oh by the way spoilers everyone spoilers for these books we will be talking about plot points of books uh sometimes we choose not to sometimes we choose to reveal everything just so you know yeah super so the first one today greg well i should should prefix this right i uh keep a goodreads account right i'm a little bit obsessive i'm a bit of a data nerd i like to log which books i've read and when and what i thought about them and i write little reviews and i've been doing this for like more than 10 years so when you said oh we want to focus on female science fiction authors um i scrolled back through my goodreads and i was a little bit horrified i have to say i think for fantasy it's much more even maybe even a slight preference for female authors. But science fiction was actually somewhat of a challenge. Um, There were way more male authors than female. But what I will say is when I looked at my ratings and I looked at how much I enjoyed the books, uh, the women authors came out slightly ahead and indeed kind of came from cool perspectives that wrote some of the most thought-provoking 
sci-fi that I'd really ever read. So I'm going to talk about two books today that I really loved and like genuinely changed how I uh, approach science fiction and indeed in the latter one life so that's i think that's pretty it's pretty high praise right okay so so um we are setting the bar incredibly high right now (laughs) a life-changing book a book that's right fair enough i I, so i'll save that one for the end but uh, i'm going to start with one that changed my perspective um on um basically another uh beautiful perspective on um aboriginal and indigenous identity in australia Mm. okay so this book is um the old lie by claire coleman and uh ostensibly it's a military sci-fi right so you're launched into it with these action-packed scenes of like space fighters blowing each other up and saving civilian transports and oh my god everything's down to the wire and it's it's really exciting oh god crashing into the you know the hangar bay and then getting straight into another fighter and then going out and shooting some more aliens it's very exciting (laughs) and like big artillery battles on alien planets and really grim and gritty. And you're like, wow, this is not actually the genre that I normally read, but (laughs) I'll give it a go. Um, So I was reading this book and, you know, okay, so very military sci-fi. And really cool, all the the main characters are women. So it's like a female fighter pilot, Romani, and a female um, sergeant or trench soldier, Shane. Mm-hmm. And uh, as the sort of story develops, you realise they're both uh, Aboriginal um, women as well. They've come from Australia, uh, you know, it's set 300, 400 years into the future. Right. And they're working as part of a coalition of sentient species that are fighting, as far as you can tell, another coalition of sentient mm-hmm. species. And it seems like maybe theirs is the better side. Maybe the other side has some fine point. You can't really tell because they're minor characters in a huge war. Mm. And so that's okay. It's an interesting setting. And basically that's the first third of the book is the fighting and that's fun and it's exciting. But the real story begins when they try to return home. They've actually, spoilers, won the war and it should be a moment of intense celebration and victory and coming together this, this coalition of, of, of humans and aliens and mm. woohoo, you know, like the end of Star Wars. Everyone gets medals yep. and goes home. Yep. <laughs> Except and Chewbacca. It's, it's except Chewbacca. And I guess actually in this story, the humans are the Wookiees because oh. they go back, they go back to Earth and they're like, Oh, you know, my God, I haven't seen my family in so long. I want to, you know, go back to my home country. I want to reconnect. And they find, okay, one, their families have been taken away from them. I'm going to start crying. It's so upsetting. Oh. <laughs> um, and used as indentured labor for the war effort. So it's fine. Right. Um, And the the places that they used to call home are now occupied by aliens. Right. They're like, well, we like this bit of land and you weren't here. Yeah. So we took it. Yeah. And they're like, we weren't here because we were fighting your war. Yeah. And you slowly get this escalating sort of Kafka-esque situation where they are trying to fight kind of a bureaucracy that yeah. has no gives no quarter that is so much more terrifying than the space battles that they that you encounter in the first pages and of course of course this is what we did our our uh, you know commonwealth government did yep. to the aboriginal australians who fought, fought in the world wars yep we yes. uh, sent them off to the front lines lots of exciting battles many deaths mm. come back 
their families have been taken away, their homes have been taken away. Um, yeah. And it, it really just gets you. It really gets you in the feels. Like, uh, I, uh, I don't know if I've ever actually been touched so much about the Indigenous stories as mm. getting to me through this very nerdy, yeah. uh, you know, medium. This is a book specifically aimed at white folks like me who live in Australia mm. and ought to take uh, more care and more uh, attention to the privilege we have for, for being on this land because yeah. it was stolen. And yeah. so I, I, if, even if you're not into, uh, you know, those, those kind of, uh, those sort of stories, military sci-fi, or if, if what I've just said puts you off, then yeah. I don't care. You should read this book. <laughs> it is, it is really good. Yeah. Um, it's, it's beautiful. The characters, there's like these scenes, um, there's like a, uh, an alien who tries to help out. Uh, the family tries to, to get people home. Um, it is really, uh, really beautifully paced. Mm. Um, and it really draws you in. Um, and there's some scenes, uh, and parallels with nuclear testing that are Ooh, okay. really chilling, <laughs> you know, and, and really yeah. wonderfully drawn. Like we should all read this sort of thing to accept our responsibility and to try to do better. Yeah. Right. Those who uh, ignore history can't learn from it. So I, I thoroughly recommend this, not just wow. because it's sort of, you know, woke and will teach you things, because it's a damn good story as well. And you will be you will be punching along with these characters, you know, when. Oh, I can't talk about the ending. Obviously, that would be a spoiler too far. But oh, man, you're going to you're going to love these characters. You're going to follow along with their journey and you are going to want them to succeed uh, in the most sort of loving and supportive and excited way. It's so great. For so those, that's the old lie by Clay Coleman. That's amazing. I just, I just, just to for our listeners, we have a bit international listeners. Um, like many places that were colonized, Australia, of course, uh, um, Europeans turned up and were like, "Great, this is all ours now." Uh, and and through through um, some accidental germ and a lot of non-accidental shooting, um, took it all basically and dispossessed people. That's at the start, and then later on, as Natasha said. They were like, oh, this is all going horribly wrong. We, we, we're going to put you into your, your lives. You're all these terrible people who, you know, why are you so terrible? Why, why do you have such bad lives? Pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I know we'll, we'll dispossess you from your lands again. Um, and even, and I, I'm going to say this and it may, it's, I always feel a bit dangerous saying this, but I don't believe sometimes it was done with evil intent. Um, mm. uh, at this point, but they were all taken away, rounded up and put into reservations, basically. And, and yes, there was some evil intent, obviously, but I don't think it was fully evil intent. Um, that doesn't make it better. Um, I'm, it's yeah. a sort of patronizing attitude. It's yes. saying, it's the colonial yeah. government saying, look, you are stupid and incompetent yeah. and savage mm. and we are better than you. And so we mm. know what's best for you. And, uh, the, the, the use of a sort of alien bureaucracy mm-hmm. telling that to all humans. I mean, <laughs> the protagonists are Aboriginal, but this, um, what is done to them is done to everybody. I was going to ask Earth. that. Is, is, is it like mm. Earth becomes like a alien reservation? Like yeah. as in the aliens, like, great, Earth is now ours. Thanks for that. Yeah. Yeah. Right, thanks right, for that. Right, okay. That um, was a question I was wondering. You can live in this refugee camp over here or go settle uh, on that planet. Yeah. Um, or if you work for these guys for three or four generations, eventually we might let you back on Earth. But you're not really people, right? Yeah. That's the thing. That is this attitude of like, yeah, you fought for us, but that doesn't make you people. Yeah. You're not people. You're more like 
like yep. slightly smart dogs. Yes. And yeah.、Uh, okay. I think I don't know if you've ever read、um, Noughts and Crosses. Um, Mallory Blackman. That's another.、Yeah. This is young adult fiction. So sorry to get tangent, but another amazing female author and another amazing piece of fiction. Fantastic. Northern Cross.、Um, okay, we'll、add it to the list. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just a very quick、uh, sort of pressy is that、um, in that world,、uh, black people were the ones who went out and colonized, and white、uh. people who were the people who were colonized.、Mm-hmm. And it's just set. It's kind of a modern Romeo and Juliet story, maybe set in their equivalent of the eighties. And there's all these little tiny things that happen to the white character who is now the、um, you know the the, the oppressed. For、mm. instance, they get a small cut on their hand. They need a band aid, but、mm. the band aids only come in dark brown. Yes, yes. And they're just like, <laughs> I. It would be nice. It it、mm. just would be nice if there were band aids that actually matched my skin. They always look so out of place. Yeah. And it's little things like that. You don't even think about it. You don't、yep. even think about it. So so that's young adult fiction. I'm gonna. Give that to my kids when they're a bit older.、Um, the old lie,、Very、definitely、fun. not young adult.、Um, no, lots no. of graphic scenes, so definitely adult fiction. I just and I also wanted to just jumping ahead the that, that nuclear testing. We, you know, the the British government said, "Hey, we need to test nuclear weapons in the 20th century because that's the thing." Hey, Australia, to begin with, hey, we don't want to test it near us because that's real dangerous. So we'll, we'll go down to our little colony, and Australia was like, "Oh, we love we love letting." England do stuff to us because we were in that mindset and probably a little bit still are. And、uh, yeah, sure, you can have nuclear weapons、uh, and fire them off. And so they went out into this area and launched, well, well, did ground tests of nuclear weapons. Not even underground tests, just ground tests of nuclear weapons.、Uh, and they took soldiers out there and put them kind of close, but not too close. And they just didn't tell some of the people who lived there, as in、mm-hmm. the indigenous people. They just forgot. Or well, they chose. They, they chose not to move them, <gasps> and so once again, didn't nuke them, but didn't really care that they were kind of closer than their soldiers、mm. were, and then casually went, "Oh, sorry, you were there. Maybe we could just do come back and test you every five or six years to see how、mm. that's going." You're like, "Holy、mm-hmm. shit!" Yep. <laughs> Are we the baddies to, to quote、uh-huh. Mitchell and Webb? Like. like Like, We think like, of the Nazis as doing、yeah. all the terrible testing on、yeah. the Jews, and、yeah. yet I think there's this huge history in Australia、yeah. of totally unacknowledged,、um, yep. well, racist medical experimentation, scientific、yeah. experimentation, and and that sort of testing. Just the fact that it's not something that we talk about and regret、no. with a with an anniversary every year. We don't even, we don't even know. Don't people even don't know. know about it. We don't. And that's the thing is, I, I, I'm I'm once again quite forgiving a lot of white people in Australia. Not so much now. It's changing now, but. Because and not forgiving because you go a they didn't do it but b they literally don't know because I went through、mm. the school system here in this country and they don't tell you、um, yeah they, they think they, it's getting better now but it's like it's a thing、um, and then I just want to also point out that yes as Natasha said、uh, World War One World War Two we had indigenous fighting corps that was sent out guess who couldn't vote in this country until the sixties、mm-hmm. indigenous Australians so we happily sent them to die in Europe and in Southeast Asia and around the world for for queen and country and for democracy and blah 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 all those good things fight Nazis yada 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 but we didn't let them vote in their own country yeah、uh, now in some countries what was it no taxation without representation they. Took on the global superpower and became the United States of America, and that's a whole different thing. But but you go, but we we didn't just tax them. We said we want you to die, as in the country want you to die for us. But no 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 no, you don't get a choice of who tells you to go and die. Like、mm-hmm. as in 
and ah. sure and and that's what i loved about the you know it's it's it, it, the what is the real enemy in this story is it the big mm. space aliens in you know in the space combat and stuff or is it this bureaucratic system where everybody kind of says ah i'm just doing my job look you've yeah. got to fill in this form i'm sorry but you just don't have the rights i'm there'll be i'm i'm sure that those things will change but mm. right now you know and and so it's like fighting in molasses you know they can't they can't solve things with a laser beam to the head no. that's not going to work when there's several forms that need to be filled in <laughs> and they don't speak the language yeah uh, oh, so wow. it's it's really it's really good. Like I, uh, I've never read a book like it and, uh, I would highly, highly recommend this. Um, yeah, just, just enjoy the story. I mean, I kind of almost wish, uh, cause I, I got to read it without knowing what it was about. Right. Mm. I just read it on a list of like great, great books that came out. I can't, I can't remember. It's a couple of years ago. Um, mm. read this and I like to read things not knowing anything. And so mm. I was so amazed and like sucked in as these revelations kind of piled up and then just sort of you know i've left a lot of the the really gut twisting stuff so the, the listeners will still really get those um those sucker punches yeah, uh, wow. I, but it's 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 exciting and it's it's really fun as well um uh, so i just i can't recommend this enough please please read the old lie um and the old lie of course is a reference to uh this lie that we tell people that war is worth it that you will mm -hmm. go off and you will fight and you will come back and you'll be heroes that's that's mm -hmm. the old lie so mm -hmm. uh it's very very much a lie in the case of the protagonists Shane yeah. and Romany were the are the aliens in this I'm just trying to think of in the story itself see so there's a coalition are they human-esque aliens or human-like or is it like a range of you know the usual it's a whole mix right okay. it's a whole mix so uh, and there's, there's some fun world building as well. And I actually think it's one of the more realistic kind of galaxy spanning, um, multicultural civilizations that exist. Like there's all sorts of translation problems, right? Like you've got, they've got food wrappers in like, 20 different languages and still none of them are accessible to the protagonists. You've got people with different dietary needs. You've got space stations, which are trying to provide atmospheres for different races. Some yep. of them still need to bring their own breathing apparatus because the atmosphere isn't the right atmosphere. You know, it's not, um, it's not like Star Wars where everybody apparently breathes the same oxygen nitrogen mix everywhere yes. in the yes. universe and yes. everybody eats the same food and it's, it's somehow, despite the appearances, all aliens are basically just, you know, human motivated, uh, human motivations and human attitudes and human feelings. It's a real range. Um, mm. and it's as incompatible as that sounds. They are these mm. sort of loosely knit. It's the reason that it works is this bureaucracy. And I think that's very much, it's, it's basically talking about the British Empire. You know, mm. you're, you're sort of saying, mm. oh, well, we had this authoritarian, uh, leadership that created a, a bureaucracy that just sort of has its own momentum and mm. everybody just gets caught up in that even if it doesn't if it's kind of kafka-esque it doesn't quite make sense to them um yeah. so yeah love it on so many levels such great world building not a word wasted uh beautiful prose descriptions characters yeah five stars it, out of five stars it, five stars out of five stars sounds it does sound amazing it it has echoes in some way um with alan dean's Foster's, I had to look it up and I, ages since I've read it. Uh, the Dam trilogy, the Call to Arms mm. is the first one. And, and, and what I like, similar idea in one respect, uh, as in, um, aliens, a range of aliens come down, like there's a coalition of aliens fighting another coalition of aliens and they come to Earth, they discover this savage backwater planet and they turn up and they, 
accidentally discover the the protagonist of the story who's a writer, if I remember correctly. I, I think it's basically Alan Dean Foster, um, Gary Suing. Author oh, insert. Yeah. I think, I, think, I think it was. I think it was. Um, and it turns out, and so like the first thing he's on a boat trying to write a novel, like, you know, like by himself and this, like this bird like alien turns up behind him and he punches it in the face and crushes its skull in and then, and then pushes past the werewolf looking alien and pushes it over easily, jumps in the water and swims away faster than the seal like alien can swim. And they discover that human beings are, we, we're stronger, faster, more durable. <laughs> we're the monsters. We're the galaxy Oh, that's monster. great. And yeah, so, yeah. And so it starts off with they like, these aliens are like, oh my God, these savage creatures called humans, we're going to throw them at the front line because they're mo- like, they, they, the mm-hmm. other aliens have like a crab like tank creature and a human being. Oh, and the other thing is when like, and the aliens, if they, when they get hurt, they, 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 they freak out and they just stop fighting where humans mm-hmm. get angrier and fight more. And at one sure. point, like the main character's girlfriend gets killed in front of him and the, and the alien's like, well, that's it. He's emotionally dead and he loses his mind and like runs towards the front line and like caves everyone's head in with a stick sort of thing. And was like, humans are monsters. And yeah, yeah, I love it. And it's, and just, it's, it's, it, I, it's, a, it's been decades since I've read it, but the, what the big part of it is, well, then, then as the stories progress and the, and the years go on, humans get dispossessed of the earth basically mm. we're just shipped out to fight and we just become the shock troops of the mm. alien wars uh and we're no longer people we're just disposable monster troops sure. um and so th- there's the connection there um yeah i know that's fun it doesn't have the I- same depth as the old life <laughs> yeah yeah and I, and I like that it's just a one-off it doesn't get too much into the sort of fetishistic military stuff mm. that you know people get a bit obsessive about power armor and it's like people read <laughs> starship troopers and don't Looking at you Heinlein, about to say, yes. well i yeah. mean uh, yeah oh my god we could do a whole episode on starship troopers oh, the, the many facets thereof but there let's is, not let's lot, not go there lot, now no no there's a lot to be said there but yeah and, and i think and, and no offense but a lot of clubs other people have already said a lot about it so yes I, we could point yeah. towards that i'm sure we can say things as well but yeah um i will say one thing about it th- not the thing is i'm one of the dopes who didn't who saw the star trip starship troopers movie and no i was one oh. of the dopes i hated Greg. that movie. i Greg. was I, I was young and silly um oh, and Greg. I, what did you think about the little adverts where they were like, you know, you too can do your know, part, I, and they're stepping on cockroaches. I know, I know. I, you I, thought that was I thought it was legit. Dumb. Like, oh thought, my god! I, I thought it was. I thought it was a right wing, <laughs> dumb right wing movie. I missed the point. I missed the point entirely. I mean, years it's like later, seeing idiocracy and being like, oh yeah, they think monster trucks are going to be big in the future. This movie is stupid. Like, yeah, yeah. I, look, I, look, I stand by it. I, I was that guy. And, and then a friend of mine was like, you know, it's a, it's a parody. I'm like, what? They're like, what? What do you mean, what? And I was like, what? And then I That's had to watch allowed. it again and went, oh, how did I miss all of this? Like, it's <laughs> the whole movie. The whole, how did I miss the point of the movie? Anyway, it's. They're all like red. five when they're being shipped out at the end. They're like yeah. sending children to the front lines with yeah. like triumphant music. Oh yeah. my god! I miss yeah, sorry, the point. spoilers I, for a movie think, from 1997. And uh, I think it's because I'd read the books, and it doesn't. Mm. It, it, mm. I, and the book isn't no. satirical in different ways, right? We could do a that's, whole episode. That's right. Which we said we weren't going to do. All right. So yeah, um, old lie. Everyone read it immediately. Stop listening to this podcast right now and mm. go and go to your local bookstore and and find the old lie and order it in immediately. Uh, everyone will get something out of it. All right. 
Let's move on to mine. So what have now. you got, Greg? So I'm excited. Yeah. Move, moving on to mine, I walked into my local bookstore, which uh, which I'll promote, Boffin's Books. Uh, they're not paying for this, but uh, Boffin's Books here in Perth. If you happen to be in Perth, go to Boffin's Books. They're great. They they're really good to me. Um, I go in there a lot. Uh, for nonfiction and fiction, they're great. If you don't have a Boffin, if you don't live in Perth, go find your version of Boffin's Books. Uh, I would say, and it's really hard because you can go online and find books cheaper. Uh, and I get that. And if you can't afford it, I get that. But sometimes it's like $5 a difference and I'll, I'd rather give it to Boffin's books than spend it on whatever nonsense I was going to spend it on. That's right. Anyway. Yeah. There's, 100% there's my- agree. They're lovely. <laughs> so I go into Boffin's and, and I walked up to the, the person near the sci-fi area and went, hi, I'm going to be, I've, I've been called out on my own podcast about not uh, promoting enough uh, female authors. Uh, can you help me out? And they're like, have you, you know, do you have any favorite female authors? I'm like, yes, I do. Uh, and that's, I could do that, but I really want you to, t- like, I, I want you to tell me what I should read. And so it became a bit of a thing. And, and so without knowing anything about the stories, I got a couple of authors and then we looked for a couple of books. I bought four different books of hmm. people and, and some of them I'd heard of, some of them I had not. And the one that I'm, we're talking about today is called Axiom's End by Lindsay Ellis. I had no idea who Lindsay Ellis was. I'd never heard of Lindsay Ellis. Wait, what? You are not sufficiently online if you don't know who Lindsay Ellis is. No, exactly. This also was pointed out to me. I was chatting to a friend of mine that we're going to chat about this, and she was like, oh, yeah, Lindsay Ellis. Yeah, of course. Yes. And I was like, oh, oh, you know who Lindsay Ellis is? Oh, yeah, YouTuber, like all the stuff. And, and like did all that. And, and was, and, uh, and I realized I had seen her work. Um, she does, uh, is it PBS? She did, um, It's Lit. She talked a literary. Mm But, and I, I, I didn't know who she was, but she was, she is, I've seen what she does. So anyway, so this is yeah. her first novel. Uh, and I was told to read it because it was a seventh, I believe, on the New York bestseller. And mm-hmm. I was like, cool. All right. I'll read this book. And when I sort of picked it up, I was like, oh, this sounds like it's going to be right up my alley because it's, it's all about, it seems to be, it's 2007. And a, um, on the back, it says that, the knowledge of aliens has just been released and not, not only are aliens just turned up, they've been on earth for a while and it's just been leaked in a Julian Assange like leak mm-hmm. to the world. And, and there's also one on the surface right now that's just turned up in a big visible event and, and shenanigans ensue. And it's about, and it says on the back, it's about how, you know, how can you understand a creature that isn't human? How can they understand you? How can you speak the language? I was like, all oh, this is, I'm very excited by this. Super. So I, and so I went in to read it. Uh, the main character, her name is Cora Sabino. She is a Latinx, uh, young adult, uh, in her twenties. Her father was the Julian Assange like character. So, uh, and he seemed to have left. He, he ran away. He, he formed a bit of a cult called the Broken Seal. You don't really find out. I'm a bit confused by that. Like you don't really find out because it's a, it's a trilogy. Yeah. Um, I was going to say it's the second one called the Broken it, Seal. There is a second book. This is the first one. Mm. And the third one hasn't come out yet. Uh, yeah. should be out this year. And so I assume the stuff will all come back into it. Cause to be honest, I expected more from this character, like the, the, because they kept talking about the father. Anyway, the father, mm. and he ran away, and he started leaking things in a Julian Assange kite way. He he just basically said to his wife and children, "Bye," and buggered off. And mum hates him, of course. And 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 the, and the elder daughter became, as many eldest daughters do, became the the surrogate 
parent for the younger siblings. So, and, right. and her, her life is now ruined. She's a very clever young lady, but her life is, she feels guilt and she stays home and she becomes a bit of a wastrel. She, you know, just mm-hmm. looks up, just inverted commas, looks after the younger ones and, and can't get her shit together, basically. Okay. Sure. And, she, and her, her mum's angry and all the rest. Uh, so Cora. And then before the book starts, a giant meteorite crashes into Montana and everyone can see it. And it comes down and it crashes and the government goes, oh, yeah, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Everyone don't look in Montana. Everything's fine. People go <laughs> missing. People go missing and, and their brains, they turn up with brain damage and they, they, they forget who they are and all this weird stuff's going on. And mm. then Nils, the Julian Assange like character, the father of Cora, and they're not in no, in no contact. He goes, by the way, it was aliens. Aliens have landed. There is an alien on Earth. And everyone's like, and he has proof. Like, here's actual mm-hmm. government document proof. And by the way, the government has had aliens in custody for 40 years. These aliens mm-hmm. have been here and have been here multiple times over hundreds, if not thousands of years. And the American government has some of them in custody. And that's where you start going, okay. And, and then, and away we go. So with the story right. and, the, and the, and the cops turn up and the FBI is like, Hey, did you talking to your dad? Just wondering, you know, how's your yeah, dad? Sure. And she's like, I hate the guy. Like he's a prick. And, and you know, but she gets like, drawn in and she gets drawn in and she, she doesn't just sit in. there watching TV for the whole book. No, no, no. And she, <laughs> and, she, and she's like very worried. And her, it turns out her auntie, um, is a scientist and she was, it turns out spoilers, but she was working studying the aliens so she was part of it mm. as well and she never told anyone because she couldn't uh they knew she worked in shady government stuff and all the fbi hey Lu- uh, luciana how are you and she's like yeah yeah hi and they're like <laughs> and, and everyone thinks it's luciana the auntie is like dodgy because all the like hey we're watching you and they think it's because she's a naughty lady but it turns out is she signed ndas and the fbi is like you need to shut mm. up about the aliens right um so it's sort so, of a thriller kind of thing where you're unpicking the mystery. Uh, yes, and, uh, and things, I like I like that part of it. It was all being re- reduced. You realize, okay, this this cult, Julian Assange guy is her dad. They don't just come out and say it, and it turns mm. out and everyone's like trying to all these um all these conspiracy theorist guys like who she works with are like, hey, so how's your dad? I don't know. I hate my dad. What are you talking? About? He's not my dad. Don't call him my dad. He's Nils. Like yeah. he refuses to even acknowledge him. Um, and they're like, oh, if you know, they, they think he's a hero. It's like Elon Musk troll-esque. Mm. And so she's like, I hate this guy. And, and it's pretty full on in that way to begin with. It's, it's really like dudes barging into the women's toilets because she, she can't get away from them. So she goes into mm-hmm. the women's toilets and then men are just like walking in and she's like, uh, excuse me? Like, you know, like, yeah. Jesus, like, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not. I'm a, I'm a person of my own. I'm not just Nils's daughter. I have no mm, connection sure. with him. I hate this guy. And then something turns up in the house. Something that's inhuman turns up in the house. Uh, and, and spoilers, it's, it's, it's the alien. And, yeah. and she gets drawn into the story as the alien's interpreter. So there's a lot more to it than that. She becomes the way the alien, it grabs her, hog ties her, injects her in the back of the head with something. And then she can now start and it runs off and leaves her. And then she can hear it's Stephen Hawking-esque voice in her head now. Because it's, it's, mm. it's not actually talking to her. It's worked out a way of communicating to a computer program that then translates to human thought that translates right. it, it, puts it into her brain. So that's the story. And then yeah. she's, 
and she gets kidnapped by an alien basically and it's sure, kind of like it's to begin with it was kind of like et it was like et but if et was big and was had super tech and didn't and but just like et it doesn't understand the world it's looking for something mm. and it seems to be violent it um it doesn't seem to kill people um but it hurts them. Like if it gets in the way, yeah. it, just, it just it just removes them from 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 positions. Like this goes out of my way, uh, and then mm-hmm. something happens where a weird energy weapon goes off and it knocks the alien out, and she decides she doesn't want to just leave the alien to die. Like mm. for the government, she puts it in the back of a truck and she drives off with it, and that's what causes the relationship to actually start forming. Not just sure. captor and captive. It now becomes, hey, why did you say? Why didn't you just kill me? You know, you know you, yeah, yeah. You had me dead to rights. You could have killed mm. me. And she's like, well, I don't do that. Um, mm. it, was, I, it, it sort of feels like it's building on things like ET, where you've got this misunderstood alien that the military and the government yes. are experimenting on and it, it doesn't respond well. But the, if you just talk to it, you know, like yeah. even if you don't quite, you don't and feel it, like you see eye to eye, then maybe you'll form a connection. Absolutely. And it also, I, there is definitely that. And, but also it doesn't get humans. And it, and I like the part at one point it says, I'm, how would you think I feel? And by the way, it's huge. It's not humanoid. It's like a, mm-hmm. a dragon horse creature with two on two legs. Like it's, it's not. How did we miss this, by the way? So it's been here 40 years. Uh, it, no, it's been here a month. It's been here oh. a month. It, it, it was called the amp. It's the, it was in, it was in the meteorite. It was a spaceship crashing. It's, ah. It was a spaceship that crashed, but there have been aliens. There are, there are, it's kin are in custody for 40 years. They, they wow. crash landed 40 years ago and handed themselves over to the, we discover that's what it's looking yeah. for. It's looking for. I it's, am it's, it's really kin. impressed by the conspiracy that kept those aliens secret. I have yeah, to I, say. We will get into that. I have, oh. I have, I have, I know I have, I have issues with that too. I, I not, not oh. in a positive way. I have problems with mm. that. I, I think it doesn't get answered in the story. Um, I won't go through the story step by step, but basically it's their relationship. And then there's a, and then another meteorite crashes. And now there's another alien on Earth. And once again, Nils, the father, is really... There's another one here now. And the first alien called Ampersand, he calls himself Ampersand, is saying, Obelus, the new alien, is going to... I'm trying to find the family because they're genetic rejects that needed to be purged by the my civilization. But I don't mm-hmm. believe in that. So I've come to Earth to rescue them. We've discovered where they are. I've come to get them. And Obelus is being sent to stop me right, and get and kill, and kill yeah. them. And it's a lot more to it. And it's, and it's all about like why they're doing this and they can't travel faster than light. It took him, it took Ampers, not him, it Ampersand 97 years to get here. That's still speeds. short. I yeah, thought you were going to say like 25,000. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it's, it's seven light years away and it took them 97 years to get here. Uh, there yeah, aren't I, I that know. many stars. Oh, no, it's fine. It can be no, in an no, alternate no. universe where there's a habitable planet. There's a, I had a lot of the same thoughts. I was like, weird. Yeah. Okay, we, we would know. And they, and they kept talking about how far I was seven light years away. Our civilization doesn't care about you. Um, and then they were a bit shocked that, um, that the last time they came was in 1035 or something. And mm-hmm. we were at, we were at, you know, like, they, they land in Europe and it's all castles and knights and stuff. Sure. Uh, and, and they, and our civilization has, in a thousand years has gone crazy berserk and yeah and the main alien goes this by the way this is not normal uh uh-huh. this is we've not seen this before you are fast you mm. you don't care about hurting each other you climb over each other 
to get to the next little rung of the ladder. Well, we we don't do that. Like we, everything is takes Ooh. a lot longer. I mean, I love Lindsay Ellis, and I and and this is this is the sort of magic wand that you just have to accept with books. Mm. Like the fact that the old lie has spaceships shooting each other. None of that makes any sense. Like if you actually yeah. look at how space warfare would work, that's just yeah. stupid. Um, but as an astronomer, just have to interject. As an astronomer, if you have <laughs> two civilizations, um, the fact that there can, we can even communicate that they're still individuals, that they're not some sort of massive uploaded matrioska yeah. brain surrounding their sun or something like that. Yes. So we're ra- actually roughly on the same Kardashev scale. If you've got two within a seven light year volume radius, you, the whole galaxy would be completely full of intelligent species. Yes. And at least one of them would already have expanded to fill the entire volume of the galaxy. If, uh, you know, you could easily travel between planets in the way that you're suggesting. So, I mean, maybe they'll address that, but they like, do. They mm, do. <laughs> astronomer alert. It doesn't make sense. There's a bit of hand-waving because one of the characters, a scientist at one point later on, says to her, you need to ask it about the great filter. It specifically goes, you need yeah, to ask Yeah, yeah, okay. And so as a side note, she finally does. It's not a big, and, and so Ampersand, the alien, goes, oh, it's intelligence. Um, there are only two, there are three civilizations in the galaxy that they know of. Um, two of them post-natural. He calls itself post-natural. So mm-hmm. it's, which means that it's a biological brain with a biological nervous system, but it's wearing like a, kind of like a cybernetic body. But Cyberman! It, but yeah, but it's biological slash, it's, it's more than just a robot body. It's, yeah, sure. It's more important. Cyberman, but with good special effects. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yes. And then, and then there's supposedly <laughs> there is one, um, uh, non-biological, uh, mm-hmm. civilization that's gone fully that's, that's, that is a some sort of mechanical civilization, but they all came from the root civil. There's root civilization when they started mm. spreading into the stars and went in. They all evolved differently. So technically, it's one civilization that split into three, and humans sure. are now the fourth, and we're totally separate. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's really made what they call the superorganism, which sounds like I never quite worked out what they meant by that. I think they I thought they meant originally. Oh, it's one creature i think they just mean their civilization it's just the word they use because they don't speak english properly so i think they mean and that's if superorganisms like now going what the hell when, they, when when it works out that how far we've gone we'll probably get like a rock from god you know lobbed at us yeah because sure it's a whole um was it the dark forest situation dark forest like, theory yeah they will wipe us out but that that all gets mentioned like this could happen but at the moment you're not a threat as long as they don't work out they can't communicate over seven light years yeah they don't know the superorganism doesn't know as long as no alien goes back and goes by the way then yeah i love how like no it's like every time travel movie now needs to have a five minute exposition where the characters talk to each other about the inconsistencies of yes. this particular kind of time travel that's being used in this particular kind of movie i think looper does this looper yes. literally looks at the camera and says don't think about it too much Yep. Just, just please, just enjoy the movie. Okay, yep. we made a movie. Don't don't do this. Um, they also need to do that for all uh, astronomy, uh, alien yep. civilization, maths nerds. Yep. Okay, just look, look, please. We just want to entertain you. Can you just just stop for like just a few minutes? Okay, here's the here's the paragraph or two that yep. allows you to just accept the the beautiful world we've created so you can enjoy it so thank you thank you authors for doing that otherwise i will pick you apart 
So <laughs> I um so I won't go into the whole story, but it goes and and like there's connections between the two aliens that, that are now fighting each other for the for the fate of the Earth sort of thing, and and the other aliens and this. You learn about the caste system on their planet and how they evolved mm. to different. You know, they're all different jobs, and you, and you learn about language, and that's the story, and, and it ends. As a book one, it ends very much. You go, oh, this is definitely a book one. It doesn't. It yeah, doesn't end. It it, uh-huh. it it end. You go, oh, I, I, and it doesn't end. It's just like it, in a frustrating, honestly, a frustrating way. Um, so now I have to say whether I liked it or not. This is mm. I read it. I had thought about it. I realize it's not. It's not sort of um, the other thing. The other the other big part of this, which really surprised me, it's is ET. It's Close Encounters. Uh, it's also Twilight. Uh-huh. Like Twilight, not Twilight Zone. No, like Twilight, Twilight Sparkly Vampires. Tw- sparkly Vampires. As oh. in a young young girl gets pulled into a strange, weird situation and falls in love with an inhuman being that is unknowable mm. and she, but but she and to begin with she's horrified, but then gets strangely attracted to it. Mm. And then it it treats her like a dog for most of it, like as in literally a dog. As like you uh-huh. even to the point it's like, no, I don't think of you as a as a person. She's trying to think of it as a person. Like it's not a monster, it's a person. And it's like, oh no, no, I think of you as a as I said a, a vaguely intelligent dog. And she's like, oh I'm yeah. it's, oh I'm very upset because she obviously had feelings for this thing. And then you realize it's turning into a love story. And, uh-huh. and, and they keep talking about fusion bonding, which is their chemical version of love or marriage and where the, where the two aliens merge their essences together. Oh. And, and, and so they can he- hear each other's thoughts. And when you, when yeah. your partner dies, now you, a part of you've died. So it's, it's their version of marriage. The and thing just, is like, Mm. Sorry, oh, just uh, Lindsay is just so metatextual, right? Because she has read and consumed so much media, and then commented on it, and then commented mm. on the commentary <laughs> of the comments of the commentary. Yes. That I'd be interested in reading this to see whether this is um, deliberate pastiche homage within mm. like elements of I know how silly this is, kind of hamming it up. Uh, you I know, hope so. Dragon mind melding type. Yes. You and, know, comedy well, I, value. Well, I don't, it's, it wasn't, and that's, this is the thing. This is the point I'm trying to, I'm finding it very hard because I, I went and, and I get, to save her life, she gets badly injured and to save her life, it fixes her body up, but then she's got some brain damage. So it has to do a, the fusion bonding with her to save her mm. life. So now they're married in love. And I was like, the hell am I reading? And, and Isn't that rape? Of, I don't know. <laughs> sounds oh, like there's rape. A, there's a ton of rape <laughs> in this. There is so yeah. much. And she's like, you've got to ask consent. Like you, and so to later on, okay, one point, it, it goes like, we have to get out of here. She's like, okay, go. We've got to go. And it, it, it runs up to her and it goes, uh, do you consent? And she's like, there's yeah. no time for this. And it like, grabs around the uh, waist like, uh, and escapes. But you're like, oh, good. Like it's, it's, it's followed the rules of like, it's yeah. like it, it doesn't just grab her and go. It's, it's like, I don't know. She told me. If, if I want to touch her physically, I've got to ask consent. Stop yeah, in, sure. injecting her with stuff. And so that was, it does go down that path, but there's all sorts of weirdness like that. And mm. I was like, mm. and so I'm not too sure that I think, cause I am a middle aged dude <laughs> and I think this is, I think this was written for young adult women. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make it bad. I just went, I don't think I'm the audience, but it doesn't say that. I'm, I'm holding the book up now. It doesn't sure. say that anywhere and it shouldn't have to, but I was mm. reading it going, am I not getting this because I'm not in, in that 
am I missing something here? It's very right, right. Twilight. It's very, yeah. and as you said, maybe it's a joke. I don't know if it is. Um, maybe it's just not for me. Um, I think I will have to read this because um, when I was a teenager, I loved, you know, the Dragons of Pern books yes, by yes, Anne McCaffrey. Yes, yes. All then, that mind melding, you're committed yes. to this dragon for life, which now that I'm, uh, well, I just had the big 4-0, I, I'm officially in the middle of my life. Um, I'm like, that's deeply problematic. What if you yes. don't like the dragon that yeah. you happen to be standing next to when it hatches? What if you have a terrible yeah. personality conflict? What if you change as a person? Ah, there's yep. so many things wrong with that. Um, but as a, as a, as a young, uh, girl, you're sort of, I don't know, you're not really thinking about the far future. You're not extrapolating that much. You just want to have some structure to the world, a chance to be heroic, but in yep. a sort of collaborative and fun way. And uh, those sort of books really, you know, they fill that. So I, I'm wondering whether she's drawing on that I, kind I'm, of tradition of the mind meld with alien, mind well with cat, mind meld with dragon thing. Um, I just want to mention, it's funny, um, Rick and Morty, did exactly the whole dragon episode. <laughs> yeah, they did. Oh, that was horrible. Slug, oh. Dragons. And I just, and, and <laughs> where they we absolutely go into that. And when you're like, oh. and, and yes, Rick and Morty is terrible in lots of ways, but you go, oh, you, you go underneath the smut and madness. And there's some very clever ideas. There's some kernels of truth for and, sure. I mean, like I can never watch a heist movie now or a time travel oh, yes. movie. Yes. Like they just, yeah. Oh, hey, did you enjoy a genre? Oh, it's just going to ruin it in a yeah. 18 minute hilarious animated comedy. I'm like, oh, Cause, cause God Dan, damn it, Dan, Rick and Morty. Dan Harmon is, is very, very clever. And, uh, yeah. and when, he, when he's not writing bum jokes, he's he's making some hell of a point. Um, Absolutely. So my other issue with this book is I was really surprised when I discovered who Lindsay Ellis was and looked into her. I was really surprised how passive Cora is, the main character. The, mm. She gets like in the end, it's like her dad saying, hey, I hope one day my daughter will be my friend. And then her auntie's like, call to action. And then the alien's like, you're now my captive. And then she does save the alien, so it's not totally passive. But then she's like, the government's like, now you have to work for the alien and the me. And and at every point, I have a feeling she gets dragged from point to point mm. to point. And there's nothing, this is where, oh, I'm, mm. there's nothing about her. I mean, and maybe that's mm-hmm. the point. She's just an average person. And she just sure. happened to be th- thrown into extraordinary circumstances, just like Bella from Twilight was. She's not, mm. she's nothing amazing. She just happens to get thrown in the past of, of Edward Cullen, the sexy vampire. And it, and I'm like, I think she trips from what I understand. Be- oh, Bella spends 90% of those movies falling over. So yeah. And this woman and, and Cora kind of doesn't trip. I mean, she's a bit more like, I'm going to go deal with like, there's an alien in the house. I'm going to go make sure the alien, like, you know, I have to work out what's going on. So she's not totally past. I don't want to give her that impression, but I, I just felt mm. she got dragged from point to point where powers beyond her control dragged her, which is reality. That's what really happens in the real world. Like you're not going to mm. suddenly, if the government comes to your house, you don't get them tell them to nick off. Uh, uh, yeah. But I was, I was interested that Lindsay Ellis, what I know of her, the limited stuff, wrote a character that had so, I feel, little agency in the mm, end. Interesting. Even, she didn't even get to fall in love. She had her feelings and then the alien mind melded with her. Mind breaker. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's mm. right. I'm intrigued. So I would love to know, I'd love to get a woman's perspective on it. I went and read reviews and there's lots of positives. It seems to be, one in five. That's what I got noticed. People say, I yeah. just don't know. I won't, I won't go either. I would say it's fine. It's a, it's yeah. fine. I would love to give this book, not quite yet, but I have a 12 year old niece 
and I would love to hand mm-hmm. – and she she's already reading books about people falling in love and, and that sort of stuff. And I think as yeah. a sci-fi novel, I could hand this to her and go, hey, you've not read a lot of sci-fi. I think you'll like this maybe in a That's year or cool. two of time. So I think yeah. there's a place for it. The thing, you, the thing as well is Lindsay Ellis is a master of the long form, right? I don't know if you've read – if you watched her Hobbit – analysis no, videos. No, no, I haven't, no. I mean, there's, I think that they're, together they're about as long as the entire Hobbit movie trilogy. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, they are really clever in the way that she has filmed it. And it starts off as, uh, you know, there's now quite a, a good tradition of movie criticism on YouTube, kind of started with Red Letter Media, these long-form video essays. And it starts off like that. She goes to unbelievable lengths in the, I can't, it's spoilers, but it involves a trip to New Zealand. Right. Uh, and she ends up saying <laughs> things about the, uh, the industry, the film industry in New Zealand that are actually like, it's, it's almost like a journalist kind of, uh, expose where she goes okay. and interviews people. It's really, really good. Yeah. Um, and it's that the payoff is kind of in the third and fourth videos. Each one is like an hour and a bit long. So I wonder wow. if she's deliberately setting up a sort of pastiche, homage kind of, yeah, these are all very tropey things. And then I'm going to really turn it around in the, in the third book. Uh, we'll have to see, but we'll I'm very excited now, Greg. We'll, we'll have to actually, I, I would, as I said, I would love to know your thoughts on that. But that's yeah, Axiom's, mm. Axiom's end. Uh, I, I'm intrigued what people think. Have you, if listeners, have you read it? Uh, especially non dudes. Um, if you've read it, I'd love to know. I, have I missed something or yeah, it was interesting. Cause I was thinking, I think also I was waiting for it to be more about, well, what happens if aliens were for 40 years? You know, even Transformers, a terrible Transformers movie talked about how Megatron being caught on earth in 1890 <laughs> led to the computer industry. Cause they, they took chips from his head and built, oh. that's how we built. So we didn't, as you like, even, but that doesn't, that's not mentioned here, even though aliens have lived mm-hmm. amongst us. Well, not amongst, in a, in a, they've been studied. They've had I was no like, impact. It, it seems to have no impact. And the, and even the language stuff, I won't go into too much now because we've talked too much about this book already, but, uh, that doesn't come into it. I was, and maybe I had different expectations. So if you want a book about linguistics and aliens, Embassy Town by China Mieville. I was going to say, we've got to yes. talk about Embassy Town. Oh, but yeah, that's. Yes. Yeah. Superb. Yeah, and, but- and I feel that once again, I would say that Lindsay Ellis has read Embassy Town because mm-hmm. the way the aliens, they have three, I won't go into it. I keep saying that. I keep going around. They have three modes of communication, sometimes blowing air from their, their neck flaps in, in, in uh-huh. tandem. And I was like, wait, tandem neck flaps blowing embassy air. Town. That seems Embassy Town. Yeah. Any, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so read Embassy Town if you want to write a linguistic book about aliens. Uh, but yes, that's Axiom's end. <laughs> cool, cool. Uh, All right. Well, I guess I'll get on to my second ooh. choice then. I mean, it's Absolutely. definitely the only second in that I happen to think it might structure the podcast slightly better. This is it's, the life-changing it's, one. Uh, it's the life-changing one, yeah. It's definitely your second place in any... I, I couldn't possibly make a ranked list of, of these books. These are just some of my, my top faves. Absolutely. Okay, so uh, I would talk about The Sparrow by Mary Doria Russell. Mm-hmm. Um, she came out about 20 years old now. And um, I guess a bit of context. When I read this book, I was quite um, strongly atheist, right? Mm-hmm. Like to the point of, because uh, I, I had seen people suffer from religion. I had a, a best friend at, at high school who was gay and his parents didn't uh. accept him because they were religious and, and, and it, it was very deeply hurtful for him and it took years so so i hadn't and my family was sort of you know not religious so i hadn't had any positive things from religion and i'd had only had seen negative things in my limited 
lifetime on the planet, really only see negative things to religion. So I was quite strongly atheist. Like, not only yeah. am I, do I not believe in God, I also think this is a bad thing generally. Um, Would you say and- ant- antagonistically atheist? Not, not to the level that Dawkins has become. Like, <laughs> yes, not, okay. not at the point of just pointing and laughing at people for yeah, being, being stupid. Being, being a dick, but, basically. Yeah. Yeah. But, but actually at that time, um, Dawkins's books were much more like, look, here are the facts about evolutionary biology. Mm. And at, right at the end of a book, like, but by the way, that, that leads to the following inconsistencies with religion. Mm. It was before mm. he got into his like big, literally his whole book about how religious people are wrong. Yeah. Uh, I was more just evolutionary can, biology. Can Sorry, I, can I, can I just bring it? No, 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 don't, don't apologize. I'm, I'm the one interrupting you. Uh, I, I, I found that recently, you know, Lawrence Krauss, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the physicist and yeah, author. Yeah. I find him very kind of like, Yes, he's a very, very clever physicist. He, and he can write some interesting stuff, but you also you go, why are you so mean to people? Yeah. Like, unfortunately, like, there's this, I, th- I think they're called skeptics. There's this sort of nexus of yeah, Sam Harris, Lawrence Krauss, yeah, uh, yeah. Neil deGrasse Tyson and, to some degree, Richard Dawkins. Yes. And, and they, they have actually become uh, like a little far right in a way. Sort yeah. of, and it, it seems like there's no, there's no women. There's no people of color. No, no. I don't. There's something a bit strange once about again, this. Once again, there's white um, dudes telling everyone how you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. So I would say that I have evolved a little bit and I, I have religious friends and mm. I am much less antagonistic about it. Uh, I think that there's a lot of valid ways of approaching life. And mm. frankly, like the fact that I find the universe doesn't have a, a purpose or a meaning, mm. but I do recognize that humans need to have meaning to mm. get out of bed in the morning. Mm. And if that meaning is something that builds community and causes yep. people to share more and be nice to each other, mm. um, actually, that's pretty good. And I don't really have any, if you have to believe in a sky fairy for that, that's yep. your jam. That's yeah, fine. Yeah. You know, when yep. it, we can't all be, uh, constant, in a constant state of existential dread. Yep. All right. So, so I've, and, and I've also, moved from. And also, also the, I, I realize as I got older that some people, honestly need to think that someone's watching them at all times otherwise they'll do bad things and that freaks me out on some level but there are people out there i wouldn't say even that they're bad people that's not me being superior at all they just go oh there's a psychology of someone who would go if i thought that no one was watching i would do x or if i thought there was no there was no comeuppance i would do y and you go oh my goodness then we definitely need a sky fairy that you think is watching (laughs) you at all times that yeah. will, that, cause then there's always someone watching you. If you, and I was like, oh, then yes, please. And also community. I agree with that community. I mean, religious people have wonderful communities, kind of amazing communities. Um, better than many atheists can. But yeah, it worries me, but I'm, I can see the value in why society has promulgated, no, promulgated this and it's, it's done so well because it can, yeah. it's a cohesive glue at the very least. He says exactly, and that is something we desperately need in our yes. consumer-focused, uh, atomized families. Drive to your work, uh, go home and watch Netflix. You know, yes. we actually. I, uh, anyway, that, yes. I, 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 I think I dislike about religion. There are things I dislike about uh, how we live now, mm-hmm. and those are not actually orthogonal or exclusive. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, so. So the, to the book, right? Oh, yes. So at the time, oh, yes. so the sparrow. At the time, wait, where are we going? The sparrow. At the time, quite strongly atheist. Mm. All right. So this book, um, the the main protagonist um, is a priest, 
and uh, the main kind of person that that protagonist is interacting with is another priest. It is a religious discussion between two priests. I know that sounds incredibly boring, but <laughs> one of the priests has been to another planet. So um, the uh, the book opens with the discovery of aliens. And not only that they're aliens, this, this is a, very close to my heart, the signal has been picked up by radio astronomers. Of course. And they have decoded the signal. And the aliens are singing. And it is the most beautiful singing that we have ever heard. Like creative symphonies beyond our wildest imaginings. It is the most beautiful music. And it just seems to be broadcast into space for no apparent reason. They're not trying to get anything. They're not trying to communicate information. They are just singing and it is beautiful. And here on Earth... Uh, it's, it's, she's quite prescient on this. It's sort of set about now and she wrote it a while back. Mm. So there's a bit of a struggle for resources. You know, the, the capitalism is not providing easy access to spaceships to go to other planets. It's actually quite expensive. So no one really wants to pay for this. Mm. The UN is like, you know, everyone's like, oh, the UN should do it. And the UN's like, uh, we can't afford to send a spaceship like, how would we even do that? NASA, fading American empire, not having... So so everyone agrees that we should really go check out the aliens. Mm. But how? Who is going to pay for this? Can I, and, I, just, I, feel, yeah. I feel very bad about myself right now, but I just wanted to share with the, with the audience. The moment you said that this wonderful, beautiful singing, my brain instantly went to Anglerfish. I have no idea what this book's about. Oh, my brain yeah, yeah. went... Oh, come over here. Oh, it's all pretty and lovely. And you're yeah. like, oh. and so you get drawn okay, to the pretty music or sirens and you get drawn yeah, to yeah. them and you get, you, you get crashed up on the rocks. I, sure. I, I, and there's, there's a whole Stephen Hawking type argument about should we be broadcasting? Should we mm. be listening? Um, yeah. I, I saw a great little YouTube video and I really should know the, the theorist who came up with this idea, but the idea that an alien civilization could send, um, a, uh, a code for a building a device oh, that's yes. very easy to put together and essentially yeah. is a deadly bomb. It's a bomb. And as soon as they just broadcast <laughs> that on, on loop so that any civilization that receives it, guaranteed there's going to be some idiot who thinks yeah. it's a good idea to build the bomb. Yeah. Um, anyway, so there's lots of mind hacky or anglerfish type scenarios. Yep. Uh, mild spoilers. That's, that's not. That's oh, thank goodness. Okay, so, you, you. <laughs> so, so, um, it turns out that, you know, there's a sufficient number of religious societies who, for them, this is a very transformational thing, right? Mm. Um, to, to find life on another planet, to find life that is create, can create art and has intelligence. Well, that is, uh, astonishing. And it, mm. it, it means either one or two things. These are either God's children mm. as well. In which case, it is the most important thing to go and talk to them and, uh, you know, discuss the universe, mm. learn from each other. How, why else would they be here? They have to be here so that we talk to each other. Or they're not God's children, in which case we need to go mm. and tell them about God. Very, <laughs> yes. very important reasons. Sure. And so even though economically, like financially for the world, it doesn't mm. really make sense to build a spaceship. The Jesuits, yep. as it turns out, are the first ones to put together a spaceship and go because it's a higher calling than the economy or, yep. you know, other things <laughs> like that. It is very, very important for the human species, which is my sort of first sort of, I don't know, kind of, uh, it was a real pro religion as a motivator. Yeah. And I think at that time, um, you know, 20 years ago, I maybe, 
as I said, had only these negative experiences and I'd seen, you know, people build cathedrals, mm. but like, what's the point of a cathedral? And I just sort of went, you know, that, that sounds actually quite realistic yeah. that we would all argue about it and we wouldn't build the spaceship. We would just to say, oh, it's a bit expensive. It's too expensive. And but what about, the, but what about, the, what about the kids at home who don't have food and, you know, like, yeah. I, can't, I can't buy a house and you want to build a damn spaceship to go talk to aliens. Like, yeah. Yeah. And know, there's no technology here. They're mm. just singing. So mm. what's the point? You know, Elon Musk mm. isn't going to do it because there's no return on investment. So yeah. that was an interesting. Oh, okay, I changed my mind. And a if anyone's going to do it, so, from my limited knowledge, it's it would be the Jesuits. Like that feels yeah. like a Jesuit thing to do. From my yeah. very limited understanding of what a Jesuit is. <laughs> so the 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 story is set uh, after the, they've gone and come back, and Ooh. the expedition has come back, but there's only one survivor. And he is disfigured, and he's disfigured in this real body horror way that really uh, is quite upsetting. Um, so maybe flip forward a minute if you don't <laughs> want to hear this. Um, but all of the uh, – so you know how your hand has webbings mm-hmm. between the bones that form the uh, the actual base of your fingers? Oh, yes. And different animals have more or less webbing. Ours are webbed at the bottom very, mm. very firmly. If you think of duck feet, they're, mm. they're webbed by a thin membrane all the way up to the claws. Mm-hmm. So we have a sort of webbing. It's, it's kind of juicy. Um, uh, and you would not, you normally think of that as part of your hand, but there's, there's individual bones down there. The, 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 the priest has come back and all of that has been cut mm. all the way down to the base Ooh. of his wrist. So his hands, are long and floppy and useless, mm. and he, he's in in agony um, all the time, and he has basically suffered this deeply traumatic experience on this alien planet, and yet come back. Why? Why didn't they just kill him? Why mm. didn't they? Uh, like, what if they were going to do something to him? Why would they do this weird disfigurement? Yeah. Um, and so the sort of the the mystery of the book is as sort of unpicking what happened on that expedition what went wrong why did they treat him this way what does it what was the singing about mm. um and i i really don't want to spoil too much oh, okay. um, because Ooh, it's just it's just so fascinating as they slowly unpick so you've got this mix of uh sort of flashback scenes where they they land on the planet and uh you know they're, they're trying to make first contact and they're you know looking through this and the aspects of the alien society and so forth coupled with the sort of modern interview where you're living the aftermath of this yeah. what I mean, you know that a lot of people must have died so what happened how is this and so it the tension escalates as the two threads of the story kind of get closer and closer together and it asks you uh, it, as I said, when I, when I, when I come back to the motivation for going, do they believe in God and what would it mean if they did? Mm. And what, Ooh. uh, what would it mean if we misunderstood what God they believe in <laughs> and so forth? So yes. I just, I don't want to do too many spoilers because it's okay. just really, really exquisite how that story unravels, but it's an excellent, um, sort of, uh, alien civilization that you sort of struggle to understand and also asks us deep questions about what is uh what is our meaning why are we here what are we trying to accomplish so uh, i love it the sparrow is great and the sequel by mary Chil- mary dory Ma- russell mary dory russell and the sequel mm. uh, i think it's called children of god is also amazing okay um i i don't know i don't think it's any spoilers to say that there's a follow-up ep- expedition Right. And in the first book, it's very much about the aliens' impact on humans. The second book, it's about what happens when we 
impact、uh, them. Yes, and that is really interesting as well. Very, very, very well done. So I、uh, just love these books,、um, and they they basically changed my attitude towards religion、um, because、wow. okay. I sort of thought, you know, actually there's there's things that I believe in that we should do, and I don't have a good motivation. For saying that we should explore the universe,、mm -hmm. like that's just a sort of passion that I have. Yes, financially it doesn't make sense economically. You and know, you and I've had、uh, conversations where where I'm much more gung ho about going out there and doing it, and you're like, well, "What's the point? Why bother? Why?"、Don't? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, and, "You're the professional astrophysicist, and I'm just some、sure. schmuck." But I always thought it'd be the other way around. But no, no, like we, we, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think we can get more bang for our buck by building observatories. But I guess what I'm saying is that fundamentally, that motivation to understand the universe is irrational. Like,、mm. if you wanted to be totally rational about it, you do end up in a sort of dry, economically driven nightmare、mm -hmm. where everybody just takes and gives what they can afford in order to maximize their utilitarian happiness, and there's no room、yep. for mystery or art or music. And it, and it ignores exactly it's the art part. My, my other part of my life, of course, is theatre and performance and writing and that sort of stuff. And, and at the moment, here in Perth, the Perth Fringe is happening, and I, you got, I went to see a show last night called the. Dark room, which if you happen to see, <gasps> excellent. The dark room. The dark John room. John Robinson. Ah,、oh, so great. It's brilliant. But if you and I love your moment, but really, technically, it shouldn't exist if on a utilitarian level. It is bizarre <laughs> and crazy, and it has no reason to exist, and that's why it needs to exist. The, yeah. The, and but if you break it down into some of its parts, there's there's nothing there. And like, but like everything,、yeah. th there is literally nothing there. It's all made of. Strings, or maybe not.、Uh, you know, there's nothing. It, it, nothing means anything. Well, I actually, I、Let's、came home、go. with the prize. Oh, from the dark room. Yeah, because I managed to get. Because、uh, what I did was, I, I mean, oh God, I'm such a nerd. Okay, people who are listening,、mm. the dark room is、uh, a <laughs> interactive show where you get to communally, as the audience, play a text-based、mm. adventure game that the absolutely Bonkers comedian John Robertson has、yes. invented, and I think he creates a new dark room for every、uh, run of the show.、Yes. But basically, thousand dollars if you if you solve his problem,、yeah. you solve the thing. It's real money, and he、That's、will pay、thing. you. Yes. So if you if you if you're、uh, you're all up there, and he tells you, okay, you're in a dark room.、Mm. Um, you have options. A do this, B do this, C do this, do, and you kind of go through them, and they're all hilarious. You know,、mm. switch on light, right? And you 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 say switch on the audience, either one audience member or the whole audience will put up their hands to vote or whatever. It depends how he's running it.、Yep. We'll vote for something, and he'll say, "But you can't." Because you're in a dark room. Half of the options,、right. yeah. and you die. And so、uh, most of the options end in your death. But、yep. so as a nerd, as a total game theory,、uh, you know, I want to win this. I waited, obviously, until、uh, the latest in the show that I thought I could possibly get away with, until、mm. sufficient numbers of audience members had thrown themselves against various options, and I'd mapped out the successful way <laughs> through the dark room, the furthest、oh. that anybody could possibly get. Because、yes. I, I mean, I, we might have been in the wrong. Part of the dark room because,、mm -hmm. of course, it's a fractal tree of options. But anyway,、uh, I ended 24, up getting you have to do twenty four correct answers in a row to get a thousand dollars. That's that, but it can be done. Yeah, so I think I was up to like room fifteen or something. Wow!、Okay. Uh, and then、yeah. it was a new room, and then I chose the wrong option. But if it, essentially, when you get deep enough into the tree, he often、mm. gives out prizes to people who've got. So it was a very silly prize. It was one of those orgasmatrons. They're like、oh, a yes. uh, yeah, yeah. like a metal like, like a scalp massager. Yeah, yeah, that was、Fantastic. that was fun. 
Um, anyway, where were we? No, we were talking I, I about just, books or something. No, I don't know. Why are we here? The reason of art and, and is you, you know, if you break everything down to but what about, you know, we shouldn't spend money to study space because, mm. um, because we need to be, uh, you know, building more housing here in Perth. And, and I always find that this, this concept of a zero sum game and this, yeah. this atomization of everything to, well, if you do that, then why aren't you doing that? You're a bad person, but that game can't be won by anyone because you go, yeah. well, why are you building houses for middle class Australians when indigenous Australians can't even, you know, don't even have rights in their country? We can all play yeah. the game and no one wins. Um, and-, and that's the thing. So being very aggressive about religion, being like, mm. uh, I have seen some bad things happen from religion and therefore you're all stupid yes. and you're just dumb. And I'm just going to lay out the many reasons why your religion is wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's mm. not effective. This is not a great use of time. And you're denying uh, aspects of the, the multidimensional human experience that enable yeah. us to do great things. Um, and A lot of people aren't doing it because they're stupid. I, I know... I know mm. of and talked with very clever religious people and they're not doing it because they're dumb or deluded they yeah. it, it, there's there's something in them that i don't have or vice versa something in me that they don't have and we just see the world in a very different place and i can't i can't work out why they can see what they can see i don't i don't grok it um mm, but it sure. doesn't mean that their experience isn't real whether i think the objective reality that they believe is real yeah Um, and that's the thing that's the thing the 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 reason for the singing the reason that we go to this planet the reason that we take part in these uh experiences that are not economically motivated Mm -hmm. um leads to great art and great changes and uh you know trauma but also beauty so uh that really really opened my mind a bit and i was i i kind of was like oh that that's actually quite an important message. And so, uh, yeah, I, I'd recommend it as a great space adventure story, but also mm-hmm. one of these quite, especially like coming out of the golden age of sci-fi where it's all very, oh, we've discovered that science can unlock the secrets of the atom. I guess that means we don't need anything else of yes. the human experience anymore. Yeah. In the future, everything will be a hundred percent science. It's mm-hmm. not like mm-hmm. that. Um, it's a very thoughtful, uh, meditative uh, mm. exploration of of science and space and philosophy and religion. So, yeah, yeah. really beautiful. Changed my life. Highly wow. recommend it. I'm going to get rid of it. I love the books you bring sometimes. I, I like all the books you bring, but sometimes I absolutely adore the books you bring. This is one of them. Uh, I have not read The Sparrow, but it reminds me in some ways of another one you brought, Blind Sight. Uh, mm-hmm. Not because it's the same, but the idea of aliens are like, hi, and but in that case, that was the one about um, is there individual consciousness and are they yeah. are they conscious or are they just aping something that we're doing because that's what you need to do? Is it malicious or is it just them trying to work us out? And there's th- mm. those questions, these big questions about, in that case, consciousness and different ways of humans being. This is sounds like it's about, I said, religion or not religion and yeah, that's exciting. That's that's what the, yeah. the sci-fi is great for me when it when it goes. I mean, pew pew pew, shoot shoot, lasers is fun. But when I walk away and go, holy heck, yeah, that, that burnt my mind, and I will always remember that strangeness for whatever reason. Someone had a thought Absolutely. that I wasn't aware of. It, it's beautiful and wonderful. So thank you for that. Yeah, no problems. And I, I it's reminiscent. If anyone's read, um, uh, what's that? It's and and Dimian is the sequel. 
uh, Hyperion. Oh, Hyperion. Okay. There's, yes. There's yes, a yes. little vibe of Hyperion in it as well. Mm, okay. um, so, uh, which I uh, is a great series, uh, which I love. So, um, yeah, uh, right. just uh, something about the vibe. I think I think it's that sort of philo- philosophy and drawing from the classics. I mean, Hyperion's very much modelled on the Canterbury Tales. Uh, yeah, the slow relevation. Re- Relevation? Revelation? <laughs> Revelation. See, this is why I'm not religious. I can't pronounce the names uh, <laughs> of the story as it, as it goes through that tells you something about the, the sort of deeper structure of the universe. I like so, that idea. That yeah, you, you say revelation, and that starts a schism. And now you have the re- revelationists and the relevationists, and you fight each other. <laughs> the relative relevationists. Oh my god! <laughs> now, Natasha, um, uh, I, I yeah. oh, sorry. Yes, please. Yes. I was only going to say that we have also mentioned before. Uh, you know, we we I would we would have both chosen this series, Ada Palmer's. Um, to Light the Lightning as the first one. Oh, yes, yes, uh, yes. the name of the series, uh, yeah. which, again, also, you know, great women writing amazing sci-fi um, and a thoughtful meditation on philosophy, science, religion, uh, it, and our place in the universe. But we've just, we keep bringing it up. So it, it's, we've got it, to stop. We, it is, yes, To Light the Lightning. It's those, that book, you, yes, the whole, I haven't, I've, yes, I still haven't caught up on the rest because there's too much in this world to read. Um, we've yeah. talked about To Light the Lightning all the time. Those books are just full of things. Ada Palmer in that wrote, she just drops things in there. They're not even part of the story, but just changes how their world works. Um, and, and the other person who did that, it's not the same, but I, I, these, these people that you read, um, China Me Able's the other one where, where mm. in, in, um, Pedido Street Station, which is not, not sci-fi, not really, but kind of maybe steampunk, uh, steampunk, kind diesel, it, yeah, whatever it is. It's, yeah. Um, I always say it's Ankh-Morpork. pork. It's, it's disc world without the comedy. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> disc world, but it's bleak. Bleak, bleak, very bleak. It, 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 he just throws away stuff in that. He just goes, yeah. and by the way, there's the Iron Council, not the third book, but this, this robot thing that lives in the junk. And, and that's a thing. And you go, it's rich, other, isn't it? Other, mm. other writers would have turned that into a series of books and he just casually lobs it out as a four line yeah. thing. And you just go, Good lord. Anyway, so yes. Eight yeah, so I like to like the lining is like that as well. Just rich, oh, delicious, you know, every, just, every. I, it, that's why I, it takes me so long to read it. Cause I read something, I read a page and I go back and go, okay, I, there's the plot. I can pull the plot out and how the narrative, what's going on. But, but it just mentioned X, Y, and Z. And that makes my brain just spiral off into different areas. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. Where does that fit in? And like, oh. Oh, it's so good. Oh, beautiful. And there's all sorts of, you know, honorable mentions could go to Catherine Vellante as well. Uh, love her books. I could talk for hours, but we've only talked about three and that's great. I hope that's everybody it. enjoyed. And we have also mentioned, like, yeah, I should mention female authors before, but I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to yell at the people who yelled at me about that. That's fine. Um, cause they're lovely, they're lovely audience members and I love them all. Now, Natasha, we're proving it once again. When you and I get into a space and start talking, we just end up just talking and talking and talking and it's wonderful. And I would never, never say no. But once again, this is echoes of the time where when we worked together, the same organization, I followed you down to the car park when you came to do your important job <laughs> while we chatted. And an hour and a half later, we're standing in a dark car park talking about in books garage, in, yeah. a, in, in a dark, dark parking garage. We just, there was just an infinite number of books to get through, as it turned out. Right. And then things to say about those and then recommendations and <sighs> so good. those fumes. But, you know, I think I had permanent lung damage, but it was worth it. <laughs> but it's worth it, damn it. Uh, I, yeah, I, I had to explain to my boss where I was for an hour and a half. You have to blame Dr. Natasha. <laughs> Uh, that's fine. They're like, I'm sorry. It's all fine. Uh, look, so I will bring it to a close there. Thank you very much for your time once again. We will definitely revisit new books in the future. 
Uh, but yes, thank you for all the amazingness that you brought today. Super. Thanks for having me, Greg. Oh, just wonderful to recap all those books. And I'm going to go read Axiom's End. Thanks once again to Dr. Natasha for coming and chatting all things sci-fi with me. It is honestly one of my favorite parts of doing this podcast. Always looking for another theme. So if you have a theme for sci-fi books, get in contact and let us know. We will try and keep the gender balance a bit more gender balanced. But yes, get us a theme. Get it to us. Let us know the books that you love. Have you read Axiom's End? Have you read The Sparrow? Have you read The Old Lie? Let us know. You can contact us in the usual places. Email us or at www.smartenough.org. Be excellent to each other. 